This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. This podcast is sponsored by FlashFilmAcademy.com. If you're into photography, filmmaking, or video production, FlashFilmAcademy.com is an online training platform designed to help you monetize your passion. There's a ton of information online to help you capture a better image, but there's only one place you need to go if your goal is to make a living doing what you love. Enroll today to get three free courses. FlashFilmAcademy.com. It's time to turn your passion into profit. Save 25% off your first course when you use promo code THAT25. That's T-H-A-T-2-5. This is a Flash Film Media Podcast. What is going on My name is Ty. I am black by popular demand. And today we're going to talk about how to close the sale once you sent the proposal. It's a big deal, people. It's a big deal. It's a big deal that you know how to do this and you get better at it. It takes practice. Some people send a proposal and they are too scared to call and do all of that. Today, that's what we're going to talk about. Let's see if we can roll some graphics first. Let's see if we can pop this on and let's go with the intro. You're listening to Content and Cash, a Flash Film Academy podcast. If you want to learn how to take pretty pictures, this is not the place. But if you're ready to make a living by learning the business behind the camera, buckle up because it's time to turn passion into profit with your host, Ty Turner. Let's talk about what happens um, when you send out that proposal? Before we get to that, let me not forget my intro. I know it's been a week. I'm a little rusty, but let me get back to it. Let me say this real quick. If this is your first time on this channel, you know that this channel is simply about turning your passion into profit. Here we discuss the business side of content creation. If you want to learn how to take pretty pictures, you may want to go up the street. But if you want to learn the business side of content creation, this is the place you need to be. All right. Oh, Think about it like this. Once you send that proposal, so you got the customer, they contact you from their website, they have um, talked to you on the phone, you've submitted the information needed, and you wrote up this great proposal, then what? Right? Then what? What do you do after you wrote this great proposal and you sent it to them? If you're using HoneyBook, you're sending it. It's a part of your automated process. If you're using Proposify, then you know when they looked at it, what they're looking at. You know what pages they're on. You know what they are interested in, you know, by, and you can tell by what pages they are on. And if they looked at it for 20 minutes and 18 minutes of that is on the budget side, you know that the budget is a concern. Right. Because if it's not, it's not when you go buy a car and you got the cash in your pocket, you don't care about the price. You want what you want. And, you know, it is what it is. If you're financing the car, you care about the price a little bit, but you also feel like, hey, if I'm a pair car note, I'm going to get what I want. I want what I want. So 
if people spend a lot of time on price, if just like a customer, if you're selling cars and somebody keep asking you about the price, keep asking you about the car note, you know that is that that is a major concern. And you know how to tailor your responses and your sales pitch or your ability to close based around that price. You know, for for car salesmen, they know to worry about the car note. Don't worry about how long it takes to pay it off. We'll stretch this thing out to 200 months so that you can pay $300 a month if that makes you feel comfortable. So, and they, and they do that technique based off listening to you. If you go in there and you never discuss price, they ain't going to talk about it, right? They're not going to talk about it. Um, they're going to talk about financing because they make money off the finance. It's an upsell form, but they're not going to haggle the price. If you say, I want to add this and I want to add that and I want to add this, they're not going to tell you, but this is 200 and this is three. Nope. They're going to add it in and then we'll worry about the price later. So when you, when you're pitching to a client and you submitted the, the proposal and they have looked at the proposal, if, and, and that's, I kind of push proposal five because this is something, this is an extra tool in your pocket to help you close the sale. It's one extra leg up that you get that you don't get anywhere else. It's just having an understanding of what your client's concerns are before they can even speak to it. So if you can go right into battle and blurt that out before they can say it, they'll be like, this guy's smart. This guy is smart. This guy is amazing. How would you, how did you even know? And, and that's why I personally personally like Proposify. That's just a little extra. Without Proposify, it's cool. HoneyBook, you can still definitely do it um, by asking the right questions. You know, when you send that proposal, I want you to also put in your calendar a follow-up date and time. Even if you talk to your client, right? Even if you talk to your client and say, hey, I'm going to have the proposal to you today. By end of day, I'll follow up with you on Thursday at two. Does that time work for you? Get that appointment immediately, right? Because you want to apply pressure on your client to look at that proposal. You don't want to randomly call them back in the day and they're like, ah, you know what? I haven't had a chance to look at it. Excuse me, because what they're going to probably do is look at it and not like it and not have the balls to tell you they don't like it. They'll just spin you and spin you and spin you. It happens. I'm not going to BS you. It happens. So, you know, you want to make sure that you set that in stone so that you have the ability to pick up where you left off. It's real important that you set that date when you send out that proposal. So usually when I, when a lead come in and I talk to them and I say, let me write up a proposal, I give them a time in which I'm going to send it. Hey, I'll have a proposal to you by noon tomorrow. Will that work? Yes. Cool. Do you mind if we do a follow-up call on Friday at three? Yes. Always submit a proposal with a follow-up call time. Always submit it. And you and don't just submit it and, and do a random time. When you agree to write a proposal, give the client a time in which the proposal will be pro- provided and then ask the client when is a good time for a follow up call. I don't care if they're saying, well, we're just looking and we're just OK, fine. I still want to have a call to make sure we have everything correct and we have it tailored to exactly what you need. You you. I'm going to be honest on that call. You honestly want a yes or no, but you don't want to apply that pressure initially. 
right? You don't want to apply that because they're going to be like, well, we got to run it by the boss and he got it. Okay, so when will he be available? When will he be available to see it? He's back in the office on Friday. Cool. Let's set it up for Monday. You got set up a follow-up time no matter what. Always set up a follow-up time, right? So you set up that follow-up time. That follow-up time is Monday. Cool. You want to apply some pressure for them to make the decision. You want to apply pressure for them to look at it. I'm not going to say make the decision, but look at it, right? I don't care if they're like, well, we got four other places. Cool, okay. I don't care what they got to do with me. I still want to talk to you. <laughs> like, I still want to talk to you once you received it. You do never want to set it and forget it because what's going to help you be reassuringly expensive, what's going to help you be more successful is your customer service. Let me say it again. One of the things that shows value Right. One of the things that you're going to offer that your competitor is not going to offer is your great customer service, your world class customer service. Make sure you offer world class customer service with your client. I got a message already. There you go. Let me put that in there. OK, make sure you offer world class customer service. It's extremely important that that is a that is a way you also show value. Now, listen, Thursday for my gold members, we're going live. We're going to talk about two things. One is how to be reassuringly expensive, how how to do it. Two, we're going to lay out some things in the master course cuz gold members, I want your feedback. So that's the Thursday live that's coming up. It's already scheduled. You can you should see it on the uh YouTube channel where you can go ahead and hit the set reminder button for all my gold members. Um, but you want to make sure you establish, you want to make sure you establish that callback time. It's, it's extremely important. Now I'm not saying you're going to close them on that callback time. Sometimes you have multiple callbacks, but you always want to set the next meeting. You never want to leave it in the air. Okay. Just read it and get back with me. Do not do that. Do not do that. Right. That's kind of like your doctor saying, oh, we're taking your test, your blood test. Just get with us whenever for the results. <laughs> it doesn't work like that. They're usually like, call us Tuesday morning or we'll call you Tuesday morning to get you the results. You want to make sure you definitely do that. Are Thursday streams replayable? Yes. Um, gold members can watch them all day long. Yep. So Media Smith said they've made that mistake a number of times, never set it and forget it. You cannot, you cannot leave it to the customer to want to get you their money. Sometimes people have questions and they have so much going on that they don't have the chance to ask you. So if you make them create that time while you're getting ready, while you're taking the information to write the proposal, they will make that time for you. So you definitely want to go ahead and do that ASAP, right? So again, you set that date up, you call back because remember we customer service again, I want to make sure I put that down because a lot of people thinking sales, thinking marketing, but they're not thinking customer service. They're thinking camera work, pretty pictures, dope shots, final video, but they're not thinking customer service. Some people can love your work and hate your customer service. We all have restaurants that have bomb food. The food is just dope, but we hate dealing with them because they're usually something's wrong. It's late. It's cold or not cold, but you know, the serving is bad. The customer service sucks. We all have places like that. Places we love to shop. We don't want to deal with the people period. And, and I'm going to be honest with you. A lot of that 
It's why online sales are taking off. They don't want to go look at a car and have somebody, hey, how you doing? I've seen you out here. You want to look, bro. I'm just coming to look like leave me alone. If you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouthwatering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you go past a lot of dealerships at night or after closing times, you'll see a lot of people out there just looking at cars because they know sales reps aren't there to harass them because customer service is a part of your value, right? It's a part of the value proposition that your company provides. Great customer service. You're listening to Content and Cash, a Flash Film Academy podcast. So you want to make sure that you, and customer service Listen, I'm going to be really honest with you. Customer service will save your butt sometimes when you're having a bad shoot day, right? When you just like, man, I'm just not on my A game. Customer service will save your butt. Just being polite, friendly, great to work with, fun. Customer service will come through in places where your camera skills may not yet you know what I'm saying? May not yet be there. So customer service is something that you can do. You know, you don't need to read a book on how to be, how to offer great customer service. You as a person know what you want from, from when you, when you go spend money, you have experience spending money. What places make you feel comfortable spending money and what places don't, right? Little things that big companies have realized like greeting you, right? Walmart spend money to have somebody wave at everybody at the door because it does something mentally that makes you feel welcome it may lower a guard that may make you spend 12 percent more it's little things like that that those companies have spent millions in researching to figure out for some reason when i walk in this store and somebody say hey welcome to walmart my the idea of i'm only coming here for this this and this goes away I'm only getting three things, toilet paper, toothpaste, mouthwash, toilet paper, toothpaste, mouthwash, toilet paper. Hey, welcome to Walmart. Hey, what I was coming here for. Oh, look, this is on sale. That is on sale. This is on sale. That is on. Trust me, there's a reason for it. And it, and it's something about letting down your guard and making people feel comfortable, feel like they can talk to you that that is in a greeting alone. So there are companies that have spent millions and billions and customer service tactics that also relate to sales to make you feel more comfortable, make you feel warm inside. No, I guess I can. I guess we can go add a few more things to the cart. This is Walmart. They did greet me. So subconsciously, customer service helps um, helps your offense. It's kind of like your defense, right? Your offense is your sales. Your defense is customer service. Now, you can sell something that's trash and your defense may have to come in and save the game with great customer service. That's how you want to look at it, right? Offense and defense. Your customer service can save something that your offense blunders. And your offense, your sales can save something that your customer service blunder. When you when your customer service ain't great, your offense can come back and say, hey, we'll throw in this for free just to help things out. They, they work hand in hand. So look at it as your offense and your defense, Right. And it's a way where you can help show value. There's a lot of photographers that don't have personality. 
that's like, yeah, okay, all right. yeah. And they wonder why they're not getting big ticket items because they're not fun to work with. They don't have great customer service. They're not communicating well to the client. The client doesn't feel like they can talk to them. They, they can, Because, you know, you're going to meet a lot of clients that are embarrassed at the fact that they don't know the video terms. They feel like you're the super expert. They're intimidated when you start talking about B-rolls and sliding shots and gimbals and we can just, they don't know what that is. So they're uncomfortable asking for things, right? They're uncomfortable asking for stuff on their video. So as a content creator, your job is to provide great customer service to help that client relax and tell you, what is it called when the camera is moving, but the person is still while they're talking? I wanted something like, oh, that's called a slider shot. Let me show you how it's done. We can add that to the package, yada, yada, yada. So those are things that you want to make sure your client is comfortable and that they can talk to you about. Because some clients don't. And I'm going to tell you where it backfires. They can't talk to you about it. They're scared. They get the video back. It's not what they wanted because they were un they were unable to communicate that to you. And at the end, it's your fault. You got to take responsibility for that. You have to be a doctor, not a drug dealer. Remember when I said that? You got to provide a solution. In providing that solution, you have to ask questions. Sometimes they're un they're they're un sometimes they are uncomfortable questions, right? We all got that question from our doctor in front of our mother, and the doctor are like, "Are you sexually active?" And you like, "Really, guy? Right now in front of my mama? No, I ain't. I ain't sexually active. My mother would kill me. You know what I'm saying? Like, you have to ask uncomfortable questions." But at the same time, your doctor's normally polite. They're normally nice. Hey, how you doing? What's, you know, they're giving kids suckers. The nurses are polite. The nurses are, they offer great customer service. They tell you little stuff like, this shot isn't going to hurt. It's going to be like a bee sting. Or, you know, they, they're, if you look at nurses, a majority are 50% customer service, 50% medical procedure. Like, they offer a lot of great customer service. You know what I'm saying? Doctors do as well. They find ways to make you feel comfortable while asking the questions that they need. You have to do the same with your brand and your business. Make your clients feel comfortable. Just like you're, you may be afraid to tell your doctor something that is embarrassing. You may feel like it's embarrassing. Hey, doc, I got a lot of gas and I don't, you know what I'm saying? But your doctor's job is to make you feel comfortable enough to tell them the information that they need so that they can provide the right care and the right solution. You need to go into your next client with that mentality because there are things they want to tell you that they're afraid to tell you. And we never, often we don't think about that. We just run out and be like, yo, you want a video? We're going to give you a video. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, okay. You know what I'm saying? Just like if you went to your doctor and they was like, you need Viagra, we're going to give you Viagra. Yeah. you like, I don't really know that I need it, but I'll try it because you're my doctor. So as a content creator, remember, you are a doctor. You're not a drug dealer. You're not just throwing out drugs to people. You're trying to uncover the solution. And in uncovering that solution, you want to make sure you have great customer service. 
You want to make sure you're asking the right questions. You want to make sure that that client feels comfortable. I've developed great friendships from clients because they felt comfortable. They've been sending me videos at two o'clock in the morning. Like, what you think about this? Can we do something like this? And I'm like, yeah, that works. You know what I'm saying? So provide that to your client. Help them be a little more comfortable and at ease. Plus, there's another factor in it. A lot of times these clients that are hiring you are hiring you to do something to represent a business that they are employed with. If you do something wrong, it makes them look bad and they are afraid that they will get in trouble for hiring the wrong company. And during the, you know, the whole COVID thing, the last thing you want to do is feel like you could possibly lose your job because they didn't finish. Um, they didn't finish you know, a a project correctly because they hired the wrong company. So you want to make sure with great customer service, you alleviate some of that scared, the scared stuff, and you make them more comfortable with doing business with you. Make sure you are, your customer service is something that you're focused on. Make sure you're answering phone calls and replying back to emails fast. Make sure you go above and beyond when you're talking to a client and helping them understand what's what's going to be provided. All right. Um, let me see. So Frozen says real quick, this is off off topic, but I want to make sure I answer it. Would you provide um, on the house a script for for a free client? Typically, yes. Um, however, I'm not going to outsource that. I'm going to write it myself. And I'm going to tailor it in a way that helps the client, but also benefits my real. So, yeah, we'll write we'll write a script for you, but you're definitely I'll even you know what? I'll, I'll even go to, you know, I'll, I'll outsource the script writing if I'm getting a testimonial from them. Yeah, because the cost of. You know, if I do a one page script writing for 50, 60 dollars on Fiverr for a testimonial, I'll make that back 20 times over having that testimonial. So definitely, definitely. Um, let me answer this question real quick. Shop models for collaborations for tax purposes. Will I be able to validate my business Wait. as being a business while only working for free? Okay, let me make sure I got that right. Um, shooting models for tax purposes is tough. I'm gonna be honest with you. You will be able to validate your business for free if you have a reel and content that support your niche that you're going into. So that's something you want to make sure you think about as long as it goes in that area. So let me get back. Let me make sure I get back to the to the main topic. OK, so you have submitted that proposal, which should include your contracts. Everybody know I'm big on contracts. I'm big on contracts. You're going to get hosed if you don't got a contract. Let's be real. You're going to get and you got to get it signed with the proposal or have it a part of the proposal. That's where your contract should be. So once they're agreeing to the proposal, they're also agreeing to the contracts. It ain't one without the other. I used to do them separate until I had a client sign a proposal and say, we're not signing the contracts. What do you do? Do you say I'm not taking your money? What do you do? So you have to get clients to do both all in one. Cause me accepting, cause you paying your retainer and signing here are two methods saying that you agree to the following. There's two methods. 
I agree to the following, my signing here and making this payment. That's where your contracts will be. So, and, and if you're working with bigger clients, I've worked with the Googles, I've worked with the uh, University of Kentucky, I've worked with companies that say, hey, we need to have this contract looked over by our legal team. All right, legal team come back and say, hey, we need to make two or three changes. Are you okay with that? Depending on what the changes are. I don't care if you're Google, you're not punking me, bro. You're not, well, there's certain things I'm not changing from. Um, and there's certain things that I don't mind changing from. You know, you may meet a client that says, like on my contract, it says that I can film and use it for my YouTube channel. You may meet a contract, a company that says, we're not comfortable with that. Cool, no problem. That I can amend, um, you know, if it's a big client. If it's a big client, I can do that. But, you know, we sign NDA sometimes. And sometimes when you sign an NDA, they may say you can never use that footage. Some say you can use that footage like we did one for Samsung. You can use that footage after the product is released. Cool. Because that'll help their product anyway. You know what I'm saying? They don't want you. If I'm doing a tech event and they're talking about what's coming, they don't want me releasing footage tomorrow. And they're, and it's on a, a phone or something that's coming out in six weeks. And I'm spilling everything. So they trust me to come there to take pictures where, and I've done events where like Samsung will have a new phone. They'll invite all of the local cell phone um, employees to come see the new phone, to come learn about it because it's getting ready to drop and we'll film, we'll take pictures, you know, but we can't release any of that only to Samsung or we can't release it until after a certain date. Usually my, again, my contract states that we can use footage, but they may also request or provide an NDA, and then we'll put a date on that. So that's, you know, you can definitely do it. And your contractor says you want a steak for lunch during the wedding, but you would you be willing to take a Happy Meal? No. No, I wouldn't. I want to eat whatever y'all eating. That's my thing. Don't I want to eat whatever y'all eating. In fact, in my wedding contract, I want to eat first. Right. Because eating is the only time I'm not taking a lot of pictures. If I get my food last, I'm not saying first before the bride and groom, but when everybody else. If I get my food last, by the time I, I get my plate, they're ready for the first dance or whatever. So I got to hawk down what I got and get heartburn and take your pictures. That's a no go. Feed me before you feed everybody else. After the party, the groom and bride after them. That's what I want. And it's a, like I said, I explain why the meal needs to happen there because usually I'm not taking pictures of people like this. People hate those pictures. That's my only time to get a break. So if you give me my plate before everybody else, I can relax, take my time and eat and be done by the time music kicks back up um, instead of getting my plate last and the, the show is back going and I'm hawking it down, missing items, missing things. So that's that's why my contract specifically states right there. And that's something that a regular contract, you're just not going to find it. Like you got to find that from somebody who has the experience, who's done it to realize how important that timing is. Um, and that's, you know, that's why that's why I created the contract pack, because regular contracts was trash. There was nothing like that. All right. Um, what won't I be willing to ch to change? That's a great question. Depending on which contract we're talking about, usually with video production, um, there are little things that in the contract that states that you have to let me know if you're using firearms, if you're using any type of pyro or um, what's the word I'm looking for? 
I want to say fireworks or anything like that. I need to know about that. I need to know when I'm putting my team in danger. I will not change that for nothing. Little things like that. I will not change Um, our ability to sell um, to sell footage that, you know, extra footage to B-roll sites or to um, to different websites. I usually don't change that depending on the job, Um, you know, things like that. So those are things that. I'm not, I don't change often, but I don't, I rarely get asked to change that. Yeah. So, um, you know, certain things you got to know about. Um, What if music clients want a video production, but don't want to sign the music release? Uh, That can be, usually I was, I usually slide that under the video production, you know, area of the contract because we're shooting a music video. Um, and I'm going to tell you there's ways around that, right? You technically don't need a music release. I would always suggest that you get a music release so that when you use that video on your website, your YouTube or whatever, you're not penalized or hurt for it. If you want to use that for your demo reel or as a part or whatever, you're not hurt. You're not hurting for it. But I, I I can shoot a music video without music release, you know, because you use they're using a video, so it's not like you're using it somewhere else. If you want to use it for what you're doing, music release is kind of subjective. So, um, something to think about. When you ask past clients for testimonials, do you film them um, and get that banger all around quality, or do they do it and you get what you get? Depends. I like both. I like a mixture of both. Um, usually, and, I'm, and this is just me, I like to use polished testimonials on the website. I like to use handheld, front-facing iPhone camera testimonials on our Instagram or like our Google pages. It just seems more real. Um, on like our Google map pages, things like that. I like to put the unpolished ones there because it seemed like people have went out of their way to upload it and do it. On my page to keep the video quality standard, I like to have you more polished, um, more polished video production. So, something to think about. Good looking out, Z twenty three. He said, "Glad." To, well, you see, he said, "Glad to see you. You're live again." So we're doing live twice a week, Tuesdays at usually at one. We pushed it back a little bit for the Apple announcement, which was a complete waste of time. Um, and we're doing Thursdays at seven for gold members. So remember this Thursday, we're going to talk about how to be reassuringly expensive, how to make sure your profit margins there, how to show that value Two, we're also going to lay out the, the master course um, and what I have planned for it just to get your feedback so I can make changes before we finalize everything and, and continue everything. So that's for our Thursday um, gold member uh, live. So just want to make sure we um, just want to make sure somebody say, why was the uh... so Apple today was, I was hoping that they would announce the iPhones. They didn't, they announced the Apple watch six and the iPad air, which is cool. I was waiting for iPhones though. That, that's what I was waiting on. So it's just, you know, I guess they're going to do it at a later time. I know everything's pushed back with COVID, but, you know. First person drones, what is your opinion and would you use this as a tool? So, um, yeah, we have um, 
gosh, why I can't think of your name right now. We have we have a viewer that uses nothing but first person drones. He make a killing. He's doing his thing. I can't think of his name right now. It's killing me. Um, but yeah, first person is the way to go. It's definitely one. It's just a different method of using uh, that tool to achieve a look that you can't get no other way. So there is a market for it. Definitely. We actually looked at a very good flying Ryan. Thank you. Yes. Flying Ryan is a beast of a first person drone operator. He has a really good demo reel. He is a five key steps for creating an effective portfolio that converts graduate. His demo reel absolutely shows it. It's just a beast. So yeah, FPV is, is the way I'm, I'm not saying it's going to take over regular drone. Cause there's a, there's a, you know, there's a use for it, but it's definitely something that is, it's a, it adds wow factor to your, your content. So something to definitely think about. So, uh, bought and used a video production contract for some training videos. I'm filming this week. Going to get a full pack soon. Appreciate all that you do. Yeah. Cover your butt, especially when you, now this is the thing with training videos, right? I'm going to tell you why you want video production contract. Today's brought to you by Dr. Pepper uh, Cream Soda and my fan here. Um, listen, there's there's training videos are tricky, right? Because it depends what the client is doing with the training videos, right? You're like, well, they're just training their employees, but if they're reselling it, you got to make sure that they have the right licensing because if they're reselling the training videos. Like say, for instance, if I filmed a training video for another YouTuber that's selling a course, that's completely different than standard video production. That's a licensing agreement. You want to make sure, yeah, you can use it for internal use. That's what I'm giving you this content for. But if you're reselling this content, then we have a problem because I didn't authorize that. I didn't license that. So that contract needs to be in place and your price needs to reflect that. Big, big difference. Heard about the A7S? Eh, It's pretty much an A7, uh, A7 III and a A6500 body. So, real quick, I'm looking to add a Blackmagic Pocket Cinema camera to our production kit. And my proposal, should I offer two different prices, price points? One for the A7 II, one for the Blackmagic 6K. No. Always offer the best camera you got. That's camera kits is something that you will. It's very difficult to get an upsell on a camera kit because you expect your client to know the difference between the two and they don't. They don't care about what camera you use. Right now, I can see if you said, hey, we can provide the final video in 6K or 1080p, maybe. But most clients are fine with 1080p. So you selling camera kits is a old business model that older video production companies were using. You know, if you want to say, hey, you know, we can offer a video look or a more cinematic look, that will be different. But clients don't care about model numbers. We do because we love this stuff and we deal with nothing but cameras. But I guarantee you, if you run into a client that knows the difference between the A7S and a Blackmagic Pocket Cinema camera, it's not going to be a really good camera. It's not going to be a really good client, right? Because they are doing this. They're going to be either over your shoulder, nitpicking. They're not going to be the best client. You know, if it's like if I, if I get married and I have a wedding photographer, right? I'm I'm not going to I'm not saying I'm not going to be the best client to work with, but I know my stuff. 
I can be in the middle of a wedding and see the wrong light and be like, hold up, preacher. Bruh, what's up with this light? You know what I'm saying? Like, so I would hire somebody that's really expensive, that that's really, really, really good. So I don't got to worry about it. If I'm hiring somebody and I'm choosing between those two cameras, I'm probably like, nah, bro, you don't use this, use that. So clients don't care about camera model numbers. Offer the best quality possible for your price. Um, you know, whatever's easiest for you. Don't don't offer uh, camera packages anymore. Um, what do you normally? Wait, I had a question pop up. What do you normally charge customers for a monthly subscription for their social media? Okay, so you should have multiple packages. Some clients want to post every day. Some want to post twice a week. Some want to post once a week. You should have packet pricing based on that. Now, listen, I am trying to go there and shoot it all at one time anyway. But you should have packaging based on those pricing based on those packages. So that's something that you you definitely want to make sure you uh you're mindful of as you offer that subscription. Now, back to the original subject, just want to make sure for those who came in late, excuse me, for those who came in late, that they have an understanding of what to do. When you talk to a client, let's make sure we go over this again because it's really important. When you talk to a client, you're getting the information you need to write the proposal. Make sure you write it. Make sure at that time on that phone call. Now, listen, when I get a lead in, I'm never just submitting a proposal. I'm always calling the client. I'm, I want to talk to the client on the phone. That's a level of customer service that the client needs, especially when they're spending big money. When I say big money, I mean anything over $500. Talk to the client. Talk to the client. Have a conversation. Let them hear your voice. Show personality. Be the doctor that they need. If you went to your doctor's office and a receipt printed out for you to go, a, pr- a prescription just printed out and they said peace, you'd be mad as hell. You'd be in a line at Walmart mad as I don't know what because your doctor didn't really look at you. He didn't really take the time to hear um, hear what you are offering or what you what issues you have. So make sure that you, you talk to them on the phone, you take notes. Usually my lead process is very light. I don't want them to have to fill out a book for us to go move forward. On HoneyBook, I had it set up where they'll fill out information. Then we would send the questionnaire, right? Because if I lose you in that point, I still got you to market to. So I want your, I want your information that I can market to you. Next, I'm gonna send out a questionnaire and it's gonna be a little more information because I know if you're willing to fill out that questionnaire, you're looking for something. You have an emergency. You need us to come fix it. So once I fill out that, that questionnaire, fill it out, I'm usually making a phone call. When I make a phone call, I'm validating what's on the questionnaire, getting more information. My goal is to make you say, wow, I never thought about that. I never I never thought about that. We've been wanting a video forever and never thought about that. Cool. So let, this is what I want. You want the client to tell you what, what they want. As I'm taking notes and I'm getting the client prepared to receive this proposal, I am going to provide the client with a, a time range in which I will provide that proposal and we're going to set a date for me to contact them again to follow up with that proposal, a hard date, okay? Hey, client, we'll have that proposal to you by noon tomorrow. We want to kind of look at a few things and see what's best for you, Who see who's a good match on our team and their availability, and we want to provide that proposal to you by noon tomorrow. Are you available at 5 o'clock that evening to go over the proposal so we can make sure we answer any questions you may have about that proposal. 
Yes. Cool. We set that date. At time, we provide the proposal usually earlier than expected. For me, if it's proposal five, I know they looked at it. I know they got it. If they didn't look at it, I know on my schedule call time that, I, you know, my goal is to say, you know, I, I'm always going to ask, hey, have you had a chance to look at it? Knowing that they didn't. And I may have to help them pull it up. I've had clients where it went to their junk mail, spam mail. They didn't know how to pull it up. You know, especially if I deal with people that were like on Thumbtack, I can send them a link directly on Thumbtack for them to view it. At that time, I'll pull it up. We can look at it. We can go over it. And usually I am going for the jugular right then and there. You know, I am going for the, the kill right then and there. I'm going for the close. Sometimes you may have pushback. Right now is your time to find out what those objections are. Okay, this is a little bit out of our price range. Blah, blah, blah. Cool. Uh, overcome that objection, move on to the next. So you can definitely do that. Great question Frozen asks is, do you ever meet face-to-face instead of a phone call after receiving the questionnaire? Yes, if it's a big client. Now, don't get me wrong. I've closed clients, like like I said, Google over the phone. I went out to the Samsung location to talk to them. Um, I went out to different areas. I mean, if it's a big client, I will go out face to face. Now, this let me tell you how this can backfire on you. But tell you how this can hurt you. And this has just come from years of experience. If you don't got your uniform together, if you ain't showing up with an iPad or a clipboard, if you don't got a good business card, if you don't got a vehicle that has information like like wrapped, these this can backfire on you. The vehicle is the last thing, so it's not a deal breaker. But if you're showing up in regular clothes, it's not going to help you. If you show up in a uniform, if you have a great business card, if you got an iPad with a, with a pencil tool or, or a clipboard and you're taking notes and you there and you look like you represent your brand, it will benefit you. It will show value. If you don't have that, I would avoid a face-to-face conversation. When I say uniform, I don't mean... I don't mean just a Ralph Lauren polo and some khakis. I mean your brand on your shirt, your hat. You look like you are coming from Comcast, right? If somebody from Comcast, think about it. For, and that's just a, a $50 cable bill. If somebody from Comcast came to your house and I don't care if they had on a Louis Vuitton shirt and some Gucci cat. It doesn't matter. I don't care about that. I'm probably not going to let you in my house or I would be very leery about doing business with you. However, if somebody showed up and they had Comcast or Spectrum, then, you know, with that, I would let them in. I feel comfortable. Think about any tire shop or, you know, Walmart or any place you go, you want to make sure people are in uniform. If you don't have a branded button up or a um, polo shirt with your logo on it, go, I use Queensboro. That's where I order my shirt from. Go get a shirt made immediately. Now, I'm going to tell you something else about the shirt. Don't get an iron on. Get a embroidered shirt. Get embroidery. It looks more professional. It looks bigger. Now, for me, when I show up, I show up in a flash film media hat. I got a flash film media, um, you know, 
Flashville Media shirt. I got a van. I make sure I park that bad boy right by their door, too. I am notorious for that. I use my hazards and park right by their door. I walk in and be like, where can we park? I got the van back there. We need to park it. You know what I'm saying? I want to make sure people see that we are a full-fledged, huge company that's about to have you write this big old check. We are reassuringly expensive for a reason, and I have the value of, of why we are that way. You know, I'm showing you value with everything that I do. Don't show up fresh to death. It's not going to help you here. It's not going to help you here. I don't care how clean you are. If your logo is not on your chest, you ain't you ain't in the pros. If you ain't got a uniform, you ain't in the pros. You just hooping on the corner. You in the streets. Every time you watch a game on the NBA or football, whatever you watch, whatever you watch, they're in uniform. They represent that organization, that brand. Your representative, which is you at the time, needs to do the same thing. Period. So if you're thinking about getting shirts, you should have ordered them by now. You got to have them. That's a throat punch. I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry. You got to swallow that pill. The The worst thing I see is content creators show up with the hippie outfit on. Everybody's different. Trying to be artistic, artistic and trying to be different. Don't do that. You're offering a service. You're providing a solution. Provide it in a uniform. Everybody who provides a solution in your life that you pay top dollar, you know, top dollar, they offer it in a uniform. Police officers, doctors, lawyers, so to speak, their uniform is a suit. Everybody that offers a service that you're willing to cash out, offer it in a uniform. Think about that. Right. Think about that. Queensboro um, is the company that I use for shirts. They're just my favorite. I don't have a affiliate link. Um, I should get with them, but something to think about. Got to have a shirt with your logo. Got to have a hat with your logo. Get stickers like I got here. Pop them bad boys on the back of your clipboard. Do something. But when you come to the door, they, you shouldn't have to introduce yourself. When your Spectrum guy, your, your Comcast guy come to your door, you got the truck and everything. Yeah, Queensboro. If you look up, uh, just Google it, shirts. I'll see if I can find a link. But if... Uh, let me see if I can find a link and I'll post it. But yeah, here we go. Queensboro.com. So when they show up to your door, they're usually in all kind of gear. They're in that gear for a reason. Here's the link. Um, They're usually in gear to represent their brand. Look at UPS. You know how much trouble UPS get if they put up in a regular car with regular clothes and all on your porch? I live in Texas. You'll get shot quick. They they have a distinctive color, uniform, and even truck design for a reason. Amazon's starting to do the same thing. They're starting to wear the vest. Um, you know, they're starting to have unique truck designs for a reason. FedEx got different truck designs for a reason to stand out. So something to think about. Frozen says, Ty, can you explain what you mean by outsourcing the script? Um, so, so I outsource my scripts to, to, I have, uh, I have a user on Fiverr that I use and I know his pricing basing based on how long the script is. Usually a, a page is a minute. You want a three page video? 
We got a three page script. I know what he charges for that so that I can make my profit. He may charge 150. I'm going to charge the client $800. That can make my profit. So something to think about. Um, I use Fiverr. If you need help on finding someone on Fiverr, if you go to Flash Film Academy or it should be a link in this description on services and products that I use, you'll see a link to that uh, writer there. Though I'm testing some f- a few other things that I will mention in the future um, as a possible um, alternative, just in case. So something to think about. Something to definitely think about. Good looking out on the super chat. First super chat of the day. Professionalism and company clothes um, is one big thing clients compliment us on. Correct. Stokes Entertainment Production. That is correct. You got to have a you. I see so many content creators show up in regular clothes. So many. And it's it's terrible. It's something that is kind of old school. It's an old school mentality that that content creators can just show up wearing all black or can just show up. I call it hippie gear, but, you know, to each his own. What's appropriate to you may not be appropriate to someone else. Even if you all are wearing the same colors, put the logo on the shirt. Don't get nothing too gaudy. Don't have the whole website across the back and your picture. And Don't do all of that. Don't, you're not bouncers. Don't get a bouncer outfit where you got the club name and bouncer and security. Don't do all that. But, but look at companies who offer great service. Look at UPS. I have button-ups that are short sleeve. I have button-ups that are long sleeve. I have polos. I have coats. I have a jacket. I have a fleece. I have hats. I have a, I have a, a winter coat with the logo on it. I have a ton of different things so that I can show up professional with items with my logo. I even got a few basketball shirts. I like to play basketball. I like to wear my logo that I just hoop in. Just I like to hoop in it. So those are things that I just like. I like wearing my, my logo. And for, if you look at the channel, I started off wearing nothing but flash film media stuff, but I didn't want to push it down y'all throat. So I decided not to. Again, uh, Stokes Entertainment Productions, good looking out on the first super chat of the day. Much love to you. We're not going to be on too long, so I'm going to ask a few more, answer a few more questions, and then we're going to get ready to, to wrap it. But real quick, while we're waiting on other questions coming in, um, Oh, okay. So real quick, let me answer this real quick. Frozen says, um, I mean, in regards to free clients, you said you would pay for the script, but you would make sure it benefits um, your brand. Yes. Um, So, yes, I would have the script. I would write the script in a way where it help talks about if I'm going to write it, I'm going to pay to write it. It's going to talk about things that I want to push for my brand. It's going to be their script. But let's say if I want to focus on offering uh, social media for my clients, and I know this is going to be part of the the demo reel where we talk about social media, I'm going to make sure that script speaks to how important social media is to grow their business. Or I'm going to make sure that script speaks to something like, hey, we've learned that having consistent social media is the key to our success. That little piece on my demo reel where we offer social media does wonders for me. So it's something that I'm, I'm usually going to post or usually going to have in the script if they're not paying for it and I'm in full control. 
if they're paying for it, they may say, well, I mean, I'm going to find out whether it's true or not first. I'm not saying I'm going to lie about it. We're going to find out if it's true. I'm just going to word it in a way where I can use it in my reel to help sell that service. That's it. So, um, you know, that's something to think about. Something to definitely think about. So you want to make sure that, you know, you want to make sure that you are presentable. That's something that people just, they think they can just show up and be like, let's go. Nah, everything is brand. We got cases. I, got, I buy stickers like the one you see here, and I put them on our cases. Our cases say Flashville Media. Our trucks say Flashville Media. We are just like, look, go look at Comcast. Go look at Amazon. Go look at all of these great companies that offer content. I mean, that, that offer service like plumbers and look at the ones that do really well. And look at how much branding they have. I mean, UPS got, they got brown socks, bro. They got a short set, a long sleeve set. They got coats, hats. They got brown socks. Come on now. That's that's a lot. But you could spot a UPS driver a mile away. You get happy when you see uh, UPS drivers. Anybody in brown running up to your door, you get happy. Um, I got these. I got to figure out where I got the. I forgot the name of the company that offered the stickers. I'm going to look it up. Look it up. I totally forgot, but they gave me like a bunch for free and then I ordered more. So, you know, that's something you want to, you want to think about. Um, so pricing is something that I see coming up, you know, pricing is something that I see coming up. Okay. Listen, customers are only shocked by price when they don't understand sticker mule. That's correct. Z 23. That's where I got them from sticker mule. Customers are only shocked by price when they don't know what they're getting for the price. Right. If I say this is a Mustang GT, it's 40,000. You're like, whoa, wait, I thought Mustang GT started 33. The reason y'all getting sticker shock um, is because you're not itemizing everything. You're not showing how we got to that price. That's why you get sticker shock. They like, oh, I can't pay that. Cool. If you itemize everything, they can say, you know what? The quote is for 2000. Our budget is 15. Can we take this off and take that off? If you don't itemize your, your, your proposal, let me tell you what's going to happen. They're going to look at it and say, no, have a nice day. If you itemize it, they can look at it and say, you know what? We don't really need this. We don't need that. We don't need this. Now you're probably scared to do that. It's a throat punch moment. You're probably scared to do that because you're afraid that you're going to get a customer to say, I got $10,000 to spend. You itemize it all out. And they're going to say, I don't want this. I don't want that. I don't want this. What normally happens is they say, can we add extra to this? What can we, can we do two of those? If it only costs another 300, can we add another one of these? That's what happens more than clients saying, I don't want this. Right? Because clients, they, what you usually list that, you know, they'll understand why they need it. It makes sense now. We're writing scripts, you know, so we got, we're providing a slider. Whatever you do, itemize it. Makeup. If you got to find a location, it's location scouting. If you got to rent a location, it's location renting, right? You got clients that want to shoot in different places. They need a nice kitchen. Go on Airbnb and find you a house with a nice kitchen. How much does it cost to rent it for a day? The house costs $150 to rent it for a day. Cool. It's going to cost my client $300 because I got to find it. And that's my fee for finding a location. $300 for Airbnb. Like itemize that stuff. Itemize it all. If you pay for it, you know, it is what it is. 
So you got to, you have to itemize your clients. Bro, if I, you know, if I said, look, bro, I got a TV. Give me $500 for it right now. You'll be like, nah. If I tell you I got an 8K TV, it's a smart TV. It's a Samsung. It's 8K, brand new in the box. It's paper thin. I can show you it works. It usually retails for 8000 Give me $500 for it right now. You will sell your soul to give me $500 right now. The difference is I itemize what you get compared to just saying I got a TV. Even if I told you I got an 8K TV, I didn't tell you what size it was, nothing, right? So something to definitely think about. Do you need a properly release for Airbnb? Yes, you need that, you need that with um, you need that with the owner of the property. So, do I break down price for equipment as well? I do not. I talk about. I, I listen. I'm not going to make a client decide what camera to use. Certain equipment, yes, drone, slider, jib, dolly, string cam, study cam, yes, camera, no. And I can break down, it's easy for a client to understand why we may need a steady cam. Hey, we're doing horseback riding, we're out. Tripods won't be the best solution. I want to provide smooth videos, so that's why I added the steady cam. I can even have that explanation on my proposal, so they don't gotta ask me nothing. They can read it and be like, oh, okay, I get it. I don't want to do without that. So yo, yeah, we can take that off to help you reach your budget, but our shots are gonna be on tripods. Pointing and shooting or handheld. Now, don't mind. Listen, handheld may work if we're shooting something that's rugged and fast, and ATVs, and we don't want it to be buttery. We want some shake. We're shooting a promo video that's a sports video, and you got Gatorade, Slam it, foot. Handheld works, but you want to give the client that option. This is what I suggest as a doctor. Hey, I suggest Claritins. However, if if your if your insurance don't provide the money to cover Claritins, you got to give you Waltons or Walmartins or whatever the uh, off brand generic version is. Same results, different price. I pref- I prefer Claritins though because I know how they work. I can't vouch for the off brands, but they are available. Your client, you know, you you as a patient is is not telling your doctor no. I'm not doing nothing for my allergies because I can't afford Claritin's. No, you're usually looking for other solutions. So offer those solutions. How long does proposal take for me to, I use, I use Proposify. Most of my proposals are pre-made. I got one for every type of service that I offer. I'm usually just populating um, price and then adding which contract that I want to cover. But I'm usually populating price. And that's about it. In the in the master course, I talk about how to create a proposal, what should be on every proposal from front to end. So, um, real quick, how do you label your base price on your proposal? Uh, is it literally a base price or worded differently? It, for me, it's literally base price. This is the base price plus hourly. This is and, and usually in that on my proposal that base price, base I'll make sure base price includes being there an hour early, setting up, lighting, the lighting equipment, the camera equipment. You can add all of that in your base price. You, you, what is your base camera equipment? What is your base lighting setup? We're using two lav mics or whatever. All of that's included in your base price. That way, that's not negotiable. I can't 
I can't not do my I can't do my job without this equipment. That's why it's all in the base price. So that's where you will put it. Something to think about. Um, so he said that's my concern sometimes compromising the quality of work to fit a client's budget. Okay, that may be the case sometimes, but that's not on you, right? Sometimes you listen, a, a Mustang GT. To me, it's a sports car. Why would you get into V6? Why? Like, if I started it up and it's roaring and I'm getting 400 horses, like, what's the point of getting a sports car? However, there is a market for V6 Mustang users. There's a market for four-cylinder Mustang users. There's a market for electric Mustang users. Don't take that money off the table because you feel like the quality needs to be here. Some people don't need all of that, right? Some people don't need to go out and buy a Blackmagic 12K Ursa if they're on family vacations. Often a lot of people are like, what's a good camera to go on vacation? Your iPhone. You don't need, you know what I'm saying? So as a creator, we want top-notch everything, but some people don't need it. And you providing the solution that they need will make them a client much longer than just trying to hit them over the head once. Sometimes as a doctor, you need to prescribe some alleves and not back surgery with, you know what I'm saying? With 10 weeks of physical training and a back brace that's 20,000. Sometimes they don't need all of that. Sometimes, bro, you take some alleve. We'll go from there. We'll work our way up. If we still got problems, then we'll, don't offer the super $300,000 spine replacement to turn you into RoboCop if they don't need all of that. You know what I'm saying? You can't be out to get the dollar. You got to be out to provide the solution. Providing a solution will pay you over and over and over again. Just getting the dollar may only pay you once. I'd rather have that client. I'd rather have a $200, and this hypothetically speaking, a $200 a month client for the next 24 months than to have it all or have half of that up front. I'd just rather have it. For a business, longevity is important. I'm not saying don't get your top dollars, get it, but I want the relationship because those clients who love your work, who willing to pay for you month in and month out will continue to add clients to your business. They will continue to talk about you. They will continue to bring in more business. They'll continue to do more and more testimonials. They'll continue to do things to help you grow your business. That relationship is very important. All right, I missed some questions. Let me get caught up. Hey, Ty Flash from Academy, you're an absolute lifesaver. I'm glad you uh, you caught. To, I'm glad to have the ability to catch you on live in real time. Thank you for sharing that information. No problem, sister. The Sister Crystal Show. Just bought the five key steps for creating a portfolio over the weekend. Um, reconstruction currently, a lot of jewels in that. Appreciate what you do. A lot of people sleep on that course. That is my most slept on course ever. And if you've watched live, you know I preach on that course. People, the contracts is cool. The five key steps to creating an effective portfolio that convert is the truth. People think that it shows you how to edit. Nope. It talks about what needs to be in your reel to help you get big clients. What clips you need. What order they should be in. How to, how to put your reel together. Because a lot of people think reel is just music and clips. You won't make it. If your demo reel right now is music and clips, go on Craigslist and post your camera and get a good, get good, you know, get a good price for it. Cause you're not gonna make it. I'm just gonna be real with you. Not today. 
It's not about quality. It's not about cute shots. It's about a lot of things. That course teaches you what those things are. One of them is your ability to tell a story. If you can't tell your story, and a lot of people have failed at telling their story, a client will never hire you to tell their story. So if you can't talk about yourself well, you can't uh, display what you do well in a brand or a business, a client won't hire you to display what they do well. You know your story. You can't talk about yourself. It's going to be difficult to talk about somebody you don't know. You got to have the ability to learn about that brand and tell it in a way um, that that affects their audience. That course talks about that. And like I tell you all the time, my pockets change when my, when my demo reel change, period. The same money I was spending for marketing that was bringing 500 people a month to my website, that demo reel was closing way more than, you know, the second demo reel was closing or, or turning those leads into customers way more than those clips to music. That's when things change for me because I had clients that says, I want that for my brand. That video, we want something like that. And it made my job a whole lot easier because clients understood um, what we offer, how we offered it, why we offered it, how we can help you compared to just looking at clips to music, trying to think about it. Like clips to music is the equivalent of having a menu that only has ingredients. We got cheese, meat, bread. When you create an effective demo reel, it's like having a menu with dishes. They know what you can do with that. Everybody can shoot. Everybody got good angles. Everybody got good lighting. Everybody got 4K. Everybody got 6K. Everybody got a slider shot. Everybody got a product shot. Everybody. What's different? What's different is your ability to tell a story. Your ability to to tell that client what you do well. Your ability to convince that client that I can take whatever you give me and I can make it appealing to your audience in a way that will that will provide a return on investment. That's what clients need to be leaving your demo reel understanding. If they don't leave it understanding that, your chances of closing that client is going to be slim to none. If you get a chance, go to Flash Film Media. Look at my demo reel. There's no way you finish that two minutes without knowing where we came from, why we, why we do what we do, how we can help your brand, and what all we cover. That's what your reel needs to show. And that, that class, that course, talks about how to build that. A lot of people stuck on that. I'm just going to get a dope song, my best clips. My, even as a photographer, you need a video demo reel. Just having pictures, don't explain. I, I'll give you an example, right? I'll give you an example. Let's just talk about this. Let me put this on the screen because I just got another message. Let's just talk about this for a second. You are a photographer, right? You do headshots. You can have a website full of headshots. That's great. You can have the dopest headshots. Let's compare the two. Let's say you got a, one, you got a website and you got dope headshots, beautiful headshots. Everybody that come to your website understands that your headshots are beautiful. Great work. All right, that's guy A. Let's say guy B has decent headshots. They're a little bit above average, right? They're they're not if the if guy A headshots are a 10, guy B website headshots are a 7. However, guy B has a video demo reel showing behind the scenes shots explaining what he does. 
how we offer headshots, how we can come to you and set up. What's, what's the process for booking headshots? What do we do after we take the photos to make your, your images look better? Our video talks about how we're cleaning teeth and removing wrinkles and making skin tones pop. Our video is going into detail about why you should choose us, why we're fun to work with, what service, what services we offer, what area we offer them in, how we handle group shots, how we make sure all of your group shots are uniform, how we, our delivery process. That's all in our demo reel. What company are you going to go with? You go with the company that just sold you. That video did the work. By the time you call them, you're like, yo, when can we book you? That's what your demo reel should do. If clients aren't saying, yo, are y'all available on the 15th? I seen your demo reel. We want it. <laughs> are y'all available on the 20th? A good demo reel will do that for you. A bad demo reel will, will lead to more questions. It, it don't answer any questions. And a lot of bad demo reels don't answer any questions. They just show you stuff. Period. So that's something to think about. Um, someone said, I've seen your previous demo reel on Vimeo. They are night and day from each other. That is correct. My old demo reel, I thought was the truth. Looking back on it was a part of why I, my sales wasn't where I wanted them to be. Why I didn't close as many clubs. Listen, I, my demo reel changed my life. That's why it was the first course. It changed. It changed my pockets. It changed my kids' clothes. It changed the wheel size on my truck. It changed everything, bro. Like, it's no joke. Um, your demo really do that for you. And then you got to think too. We live in a we live in an environment where it's easier to rank video more than websites, more than text. It's easier to rank videos. So I got a 60 second version and, and the course talks about that for Instagram. I got a version that's that 60 second version also go on Facebook. If I'm going to do some Facebook marketing and I'm a video production company, I'm going to market it with video. If I'm a photography company, I'm still going to market it with video because it's content. I'm not going to use text. I'm going to use video because we all know video has a higher engagement rate. 70% of people rather see video than pictures or text. I'm going to use video. How, how am I going to be a content creator and not use video? It's the equivalent of, like I said, going to see a barber with a bad haircut. You're not sitting in a chair. They hair jacked up. You're like, nah, bro, I'm going to wait on them down there. Your hair jacked up. Or a beautician. If you're getting your hair done, ladies, and, 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 and her hair is toasted, it's bad. You're like, nah, I'm going to wait. Often, often there, you know, Often having great talent is understanding when others have great talent. P. Diddy is great because he can look at people. He know what's hot and what's not, right? If a client comes to your page and what you're showing them is not hot, the fact that you can't realize that is a complete turnoff. The fact that you're like, this is what you put forward. If, you, if, you, if you're single, here go my dating uh, analogy for fun film. He ain't here today. But if you're single and you're on a dating site, right? And you see pictures of people. Sometimes you're like, this is your best foot forward. This is the picture you chose to represent yourself to the public. Something ain't right. Something ain't right. I don't feel comfortable messing with you because this is your best. You know what I'm saying? You, you come across Facebook profile pictures and you're like, something ain't right with this guy. It's blurry. It's from down here. You're like, something ain't right with this guy. He looks creepy. 
Your demo reel looks creepy to some people. I, I'm sorry for the throat punch. I am, but I'm not. Some some of the stuff people put forward is like, I'm okay, let me give you another example. Once you learn how to color correct, once you learn about white balance, how to color grade, you'll sit back and look at video people have provided. Like, gosh, that white balance ain't even right. Do I really think this person is capable of capturing really great dynamic content? If the white balance, if if the first lesson of day one, the white balance is off. And what's crazy about that is people who aren't camera people can look at it and know that something is wrong without naming it. That's like you ever watch a movie that goes straight to DVD? You're like, it look cheap and cheesy. I don't know why. It's just cheap and cheesy. People have that same feeling about your demo reel. It looked cheap and cheesy. I don't know why. Something ain't right. And whatever that feeling is, is a complete turnoff for your whole brand. And people are like, on to the next. And then they go to another guy whose stuff is white balance, is edited to the beat, and explains what he do. He forgot about you. So that is something that you need to think about when you put your best foot forward. Your demo reel should have clients sending you money, period. If it's not doing that, go on Craigslist. Take some good pictures of your camera. Write out a really good description. Price it to move. And, you know, this may not be the right industry for you. I just want to be honest with you. So, something to think about. Um, and, and that course helps you build build it so that you can do just that. All right, enough about that course. Make sure you guys are members. Make sure you follow the, uh, make sure you guys listen to the podcast, man. Podcast is popping right now. I think we're almost at like 6,000 listens or something like that. All right. We're get ready to wrap. We ain't going to stay too long. Um, make sure you, you know, listen, make sure you're using your content creator. Use that content to sell what you do. Use that content to sell what you do. Right? Make sure that people can see your dem- see what you're doing on your website. Don't don't sell video and you got one video on your website. Have more. Use video to sell it. Podcast is called Content and Cash. You can find it anywhere you podcast. When you approach new clients for free work uh, for your reel, is it bad to go in person or do you suggest cold calling and emailing? I like to go in person. That creating that content for your demo reel is all about the relationship. They're going to tell you stuff and give you a heads up in the industry that you can't get no other place. Build that relationship. They're called beta clients. I want to run ideas by you. I want to run pricing by you. Would you pay this in your industry? You know what I'm saying? You may want to sell $10,000 videos, but you don't, it only take one or two barbers to work with to realize they don't got $10,000 to spend on a video. However, the owner of the barbershop may. So knowing that working with that client, it's something that you'll learn and you'll know, okay, for me to be successful, I may need to do a $500 price point for barbers and a $5,000 price point for shops. 
that works perfectly because most shops got 10 barbers in it. They can divide the price and I can do something for the whole shop and maybe do an ending where I got their picture and their phone number, something like that. But it takes working with those clients for free to realize that that relationship, them being comfortable and able to tell you, bro, we ain't really got the bread like that to spend it on something like, you know, you got to have that relationship with them because if not, they'll just spin you and you won't understand why. They'll just, oh, man, we're going to get with you later. We're going to check it out. You know, we're going to holler at you. No, I want the relationship. So you can say, look, dude, I don't think many people are going to pay that price. That's a little overpriced for, for the money that we make as barbers. Now, a dentist can pay that all day. A barber can. So you'll, you'll have the ability to get that information and tailor your brand or your pricing to be successful in that niche. You may say, this ain't the niche for me. I don't want to do $500 videos. The same thing is for me. I'm out. You need to know that information. You need to know that information. So developing that relationship will help you know that information. Um, somebody said, okay, make sure I got the questions. Somebody said, I design memories. New here. Uh, with so many online with how-to information, why you? Um, I want to make sure I got that question correct. So here at Flash Film Academy, like I said, you know, we talk about the business side. Um, that's why. Everybody else is going to teach you how to get real cute pictures, and I, I respect that. It's a lot of dope content creators. It's a lot of them. There's also a lot of broke, dope content creators. It's a whole lot of guys that are talking camera specs and they go into work to turn a boat so they can buy cameras and come back and talk camera specs. And then there are a few of us who 100% of our income uh, come through a camera lens. 100% of our income touches a camera sensor. 100% of our income. Those are the guys that you want to pay attention to. And, and, and listen, there's something that is this real, it's, a, it's, it's something that you need to know. There's something that's a big difference between here and other channels. Major thing. There are a lot of freelancers that are calling themselves entrepreneurs. Let me touch on that for a second. And I don't, I, I try to say this stuff without being mean or disrespectful or speaking down. Being a freelancer and being an entrepreneur is equivalent to being a freelancer or being an entrepreneur and working for Uber. If you are an Uber driver, you're not an entrepreneur. You do work on your own schedule, but that's not being an entrepreneur. An entrepreneur is someone who builds a business, identify their target audience, handles their marketing, go out and get that customer, eats off that customer, profits off that customer and grow their business all on their own. If you're a franchise owner, you're not an entrepreneur. You're a freelancer. Someone else has created and established the brand. You've just invested in it so that you can continue on their business model. There's nothing wrong with that, but those are completely different things. An entrepreneur has built a business, a brand that is its own entity. They are responsible for, for eating what they kill. They are responsible for hunting. 
They're not paying it. They're not a part of a system that provides food if they provide work. That is a freelancer. There's a lot of freelancers that are giving business tips on how to be a dope freelancer. It's not what we do here. We do something totally different, right? We are hunters, right? We, I teach you how to track down the animal, how to set up traps, how to capture the animal, how to skin it, cook it, how to clean, how to feed your family, how to make a coat out of it, how to make a hat and, and new furry boots. I teach you that here. I don't teach you how to show up and work at a place in exchange for food. Completely different. No disrespect to freelancers. There is a great place for freelancers. It's not Flash Home Academy, though. So I'm just, I just, I like to be honest with you. I, you know, I don't, if I don't work, I don't eat, period. If I don't answer my phone, I don't eat. If I don't go show up and film, I don't eat. That's just how it works. So here, my goal is to teach you how to be independent, self-sufficient, Grow a brand that works for you when you're not working. Um, in the goal is to create to help you create a brand that you're working on and not working in. You're working on your brand, you're not working in your brand, right? Let me give an example. Give an example of what I say. When the goal is to bring people in to do the job that you're learning at some point so that you can do less of the job and you can worry about the overall health of the company. You want a 401k? Do you think the owner of Ford got a 401k? No, they don't. They got a business that will outlive them and continue to produce money all day, every day. So when they decide to stop working, their lifestyle don't drop. It stays the same if not gets better, it get better or increase because they've built a company that they work on and not working in. When you work in a company, you need a 401k to retire because you don't own the company. When you don't work, you don't make money if you're working in a company. The goal is to work on it. So I want to make sure that Flash Film Academy and Flash Film Media can continue to work when I decide I don't want to. You'll see in the future, we'll start to bring more people in this Flash from Academy thing. Once we get it all figured out and done, you'll start to see more faces. That's the goal. So something to think about. Didn't the book End of Jobs say this? Yes. My guy. Jay Hendricks, if you read one of my favorite books, End of Jobs, it will it will clearly tell you the difference between the two and why it's important to work on it and not end it. That's why it's one of my favorite books. And you'll notice that companies moving forward, they don't want full-time employees no more. They don't want to have to worry about your health care and your uniform. They don't want to have to worry about that. They want freelancers. One of the companies that are really doing this right now is Amazon. Their delivery department, their delivery business, they want you to franchise that. They don't want to be responsible for it. They want the same results, but they don't want to be. They're letting you buy into a franchise. They don't want to hire a thousand truck drivers and be worried about them and yada, yada, yada and pay health care. Nope. We'll sell you the franchise, though. That's on you. You can pay for your own truck, make your own money. You can make a good living, but we ain't about to be worried about it. We don't want the responsibility. Responsibility costs money. We'd rather let you make more and you take on the responsibility. So something to definitely think about.
Um, how long is your first follow up after sending a proposal? For me, forty eight hours. Forty eight hours. I'm because it's fresh on your mind. I don't want to catch you a week from now. You like uh, uh, I think nope. Forty eight hours. I noticed you give us a lot of amazing information. I've heard. Um, in the one page marketing book, I've never read the one page marketing book. I'm going to check it out. Mine is just based on experience and reading books and trying to educate myself. Michael say, Ty, you're the only person I see on YT on YouTube showing us how to to get the actual bag. I, I'm going to tell you when I went to look, I couldn't find nobody. That's why I started flashing Academy. I was, I was just like, yo, somebody got to be real. And just tell people how to get the bag. I'm just about getting the bag. Some people at first, they were like, oh, you're money hungry. No, I'm not. I got kids. I want to feed them what they want to eat. I want to eat what I want to eat. Period. Money is freedom. Not saying you need to be a super materialistic, you know, crazy money person. But damn it, if you want to upsize and supersize your meal, I don't want to have to check my account to do it. Period. I'm a simple guy. I don't need to be swimming in bread. I need to not. I need to. If my friends say, let's go to Vegas this week. Cool. Let's go. That's it. That's the level I need. I don't want to have to check my account to eat or to do simple stuff. Now, I'm not saying, you know, I don't mind being able to go to the dealership and pay cash. That would be nice. But for the most part, I just want to be comfortable. I want to have the freedom to do what I want to do and provide a life for my children. And my family. That's it. So if you're not trying to get that, you got to change the way you think. Never apologize for your success. Lack of money should not dictate dictate your choices. Correct. So get that bag, man. It's people undervalue content, right? People un, let me let me explain something to you. People don't value content until I slap them in the face with something like the idea of the Wizard of Oz that was made in the 40s that still bring in more money than half the movies that was made last year. They don't think about it until we start looking at stuff like that. The Wizard of Oz still bringing in money. It was shot over a what, two-year period back in 42, 46, I don't know exact date, still bringing in money. What if, you, what if your granddaddy made something that's still putting money in your pockets long after he's gone? That's content. Your content should do that for you. There's a way to do it if you understand the value of your content. A lot of people don't. So my goal is to make sure you understand the value of the content that you create. There is value in it. Every Christmas, Charlie Brown come on. We see him miss that same kick every Christmas. He fall for the same pull the football kick fall on his head every Christmas. Somebody's getting a check for that. Somebody's getting paid. Somebody is laying, sleeping in, waking up to a check because ABC want to show Charlie Brown every Christmas and people are losing their mind if Charlie Brown don't come on. People are losing their mind if the little Clay Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer don't come on. I don't care if we got 4K, 8K. They want to see this little Clay figure of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer every Christmas. That's why Christmas content is very is 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 very uh valuable, right? Mariah Carey ain't gotta put out another album as long as every Christmas time her album is streaming. 
She's doing Christmas performances, New Year's performances. Every Christmas, every Christmas, every every Halloween thriller is played a billion times. That money is somewhere just going like boom, it's bread. Every every Halloween is thriller. Thriller, 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 thriller. That is genius. Brilliant. Brilliant marketing. Your content will have that longevity if you create it right. And content that's created for the right client. So, um, Ty, how do you distribute your income for each project uh, that you do into your business and daily life? So the business, uh, I mean, it's kind of, you know, the business makes it pro- its profit. We have our cost. We have our labor cost, um, just like any other business. So make sure you guys hit that hit that like button. Go ahead and do that. That's right. 78 watches, 40 likes. Let me let me go ahead and get that love real quick. With that, we're gonna get ready to wrap, guys. We gotta get ready to wrap. I don't want to keep you guys too long. Plus, we got a lot of stuff to do today. Um let me make sure I answer that question because it was a question that popped up. How do you get out of, um, hey, can you make this for this for free situation without losing a client? Okay, let me tell you, never be afraid to lose a client. Never, I'm going to go back and use a relationship analogy. Never be afraid to lose a partner that's not living up to your standard, right? There's certain stuff I'm not going to deal with. You're not going to cheat on me and I'm here all day, right? I'm not going to give you something for free. And, and I'm and you know what I'm saying and I'm here all day. What I love most about being a business owner is my ability to say no. To say no, we're not doing it. Kiss my. You know what goes there. I don't say it directly, but it's to say no, right? Sometimes, if I can't make a profit, I'm not doing it. Period. That's what I'm in business for. To my number one goal is to make a profit. Period. Never be afraid to lose a client. I may put that on the t-shirt. <laughs> Never be afraid to lose a client. Right? Kiss my grits. I like that. Because you, you're, listen, it's natural for people to try to get the absolute best deal they can. If people are allowed to walk out of an Apple store with a free MacBook, they would. That's just negotiation. That's just people want something. It's life. I don't fault you for it. I'm not mad at you because we often praise people for having discounts and, you know, we praise people for getting good deals on Black Friday. What? You got it for what? I got this big old 80 inch for 299. What? We praise that. So as a consumer, that's all they know is how to get the best deal, how to get the best deal, how to get the best deal. That's what consumers do. They consume. You're not on that side of the spectrum no more. You are on the side of a business owner and your job is to make a profit and finding different ways to do it. And sometimes that profit is usually in the value that you offer. That's why buy one, get one deals seem great as a consumer, but on the business side, it's smarter than the average bear. I've made you buy two just to save 25%. So instead of, instead of giving you 50% off one, I give you 25% off two. So I doubled my profit while only losing 25% off an item. Brilliant. Start to, I challenge you when you go and look at sales and you go look at promotions. 
I challenge you to to reverse it, flip it. Look at look at the business side of it. Look at the business side behind why a credit card would give you 5% off your first purchase, but they're charging you 22.9% off everything. Look at the business side of why businesses will give you 90 days to pay everything off. They know that if 25% of y'all pay it off on time and 75% of y'all don't, they'll make way more money off that 75% because they'll get 75% of people to sign up for a card they probably wouldn't have signed up for. But since they they think in their mind, I'm going to pay it off, they don't, they make the money. So I challenge you, I challenge you to look at, read between the lines on a lot of things businesses offer. What up, Frisco? I'm right up the street. I challenge you to look at that because a lot of companies offer things that consumers don't think about. All they do is consume. They don't think about the business side behind it. Go and look at what's on sale, why it's on sale. Go to Walmart and look at the placement of their items, where they're placed at, what's closest to the door, what's on end caps. Look at what's in the aisle as you go and you pay for your stuff. Look at where things are placed in the store. Look at what, what's in the windows. Look at the fact that Walmart don't really got no windows. Why? Because they want you to shop all day long. There ain't really no clocks in Walmarts either. It's like a casino. Think about that. There's reasons behind everything they do. And you need to start stealing those reasons and implementing them into your business as best you can. That's what happened with me looking at the Comcast, the rotor routers, the service-based industries, right? What's the difference between a lousy landscaping company? They got 20 customers and, and Spectrum and Comcast. I got a billion customers or whatever, a million customers. What's the difference? Look at uniforms, trucks. They come to your door with a clipboard. Look at look at the solution they provide. You know, they have standard pricing. Your, your landscaper is like, oh, uh, look at your grass. Maybe we can do it. You get you get three different landscapers, you can get three different prices. You call three different cable companies. Their prices are going to be within 5 to $10 of each other. They know what's up. So I challenge you to look at the business side of everything that's around you and find ways you can implement that into your business. All right, guys. With that, I'm going to wrap for the day. Gold members, I will see you Thursday at 7. We got a real good one this week. And also, don't forget, gold members, we invite you on to the chat. So have those webcams ready so we can chop it up, go and talk it up. Um, I hope that you've learned something from this video. I hope that you took something away from this hour and a half talk that you can apply and implement in whatever you're doing in business to help you grow and get that bag and help put them shoes on your kid that your shoes really want, the kids really want. You know, I hope that you learned something. If you did, I'm going to ask that you hit that thumbs up button. Maybe share it in a Reddit group or wherever you are on Facebook. Um, and I will see you guys in the next video. All right. See y'all later, man. You've been listening to Content and Cash, a Flash Film Academy podcast. Make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel and go to our webpage at www.flashfilmacademy.com.